Should we use me as the test dummy to ta- analyze vulnerability? Should we point the camera at me? Yeah. Would you prefer that, or do we just we're both fair game? Oh no, no, it's it's you. not. It's yeah, not, no, let's try. There's no you. symmetry here, and you don't think that's weird at all? <laughs> no. Like just imbalanced. No, so, uh-uh. right? no, it seems just. Par for the course, to use a sports analogy. Just I don't understand sports. Yeah. Welcome to Neurotic Tornado. This is the vulnerability episode. Before we get into the main part of the discussion, here's a little outtake from my wife and I talking about... We stumbled into the conversation of vulnerability while we were doing... I think it was the repair attempt episode... And we were talking about some of my insecurities, and we ended up talking about vulnerabilities and my fear of publishing an essay that I had not yet published at the time about our little kid and dresses. The dress A, as we'll later call it. So here's that outtake before we get into the meat of this conversation. I'm also personally a little worried that like, I've lost my ability to talk about my vulnerabilities. So, I mean, I think I'm walking around with that feeling in my writing, you know, in that essay that I've been forever trying to get to the next level about our kid wearing dresses. Yeah. So, I, I think I'm walking around worried about, like, have I lost the ability to talk about vulnerability? But I sometimes think that you have new frontiers of vulnerability that you haven't... Tapped into. Yeah. And because you have a... New Frontiers of Vulnerability. Nice. Wow. That can be our new name for new the... Fr- We're not changing this fucking podcast. <laughs> Don't threaten me. You know, you're, like, on your website, you're... And in your novel, and just okay. in, in your humor, you're very open about feeling, I don't know, um, like you, that you have low self-esteem, or that, you know, you're very open about feeling, about your feelings of insecurity. But in a way, it, like like you just said a moment ago, has become your shtick. And in a way, some of those places aren't so tender anymore. I mean, they're just not as alive for you as they once were. Like, yeah. maybe you still have shame in that area, but I, I think less shame or something. Or yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit that I, I just don't feel as insecure and as ashamed as I used to. But I think you have other places that... New, new be, shame frontiers. Yeah, I think it might be differently painful. Yeah. I, ca- I can only theorize about what it's like to be vulnerable, but I can. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that yeah. that that's part of the challenge. I, I, I do feel like I haven't been able to get past that next hurdle, and uh, that's where I'm at right now. All right, and now back to the main stuff where we talk about vulnerability. And in particular, my vulnerability. One day, I'm going to turn the mic towards my wife, but I think I can't quite trick her into doing that yet. You know, I'm not even positive that we're truly getting to the bottom of vulnerability as much as some other aspect of humanity that I'm obsessed with as I try to navigate my not-so-successful creative life and some kind of deep-seated problems I have with my own shame. But I think we get to a kind of cool place at the end, so hope you stick with us. 
you know, even though I like the idea of talking about vulnerability, when we use a big word like that... It does have a lot of letters. It has a lot of letters, more than two syllables. Uh-huh. And then it makes me feel like, oh, shit, this is going to have to be one of those intellectual conversations and not just us bullshitting in the attic. Okay, so publishing this dress A, we can edit this out if this is off topic, but why is it scary for me to publish it? One obvious reason is it's exposing more than just me. That's probably the worst scare about it. But there's another scare, that is, what if you publish something and it's not interesting or profound and people, you know, everyone can look at it and go, yeah, he spilled his guts. Wasn't so interesting. He's kind of dumb or uninsightful. So you've put yourself on the line and nobody really cares. So that's kind of scary. Then there's another fear of what if a shitload of people like it and now, you know, you become a public figure. I've never had to run into that. But I'm sure that can fuck you up, too. Yeah. But for me, it's the fear of you you say how you feel and the person isn't affected. And so I watched the Brene Brown. She does... She had two TED Talks. One was about... The, the first one was about vulnerability. The second one was about shame. Hey, one quick interruption. So we're about to talk about... Brene Brown, a researcher who has spent many years studying shame and vulnerability and courage. I've only listened to several hours of her talks and interviews. And overall, I think she's really smart, really lovely, a great storyteller. And it was all very refreshing to hear. Now, I'm going to kind of dwell on one area, and I hope I don't come off sounding too critical. I think it's more just where I'm dwelling at the moment. Overall, I I really find what I've heard from her very refreshing. And you also have to take into account, I have not read her books. So I'm half ignorant about what I'm saying. Half, maybe 82% ignorant. Okay, now get back to this story. I will try not to interrupt again. And one thing she talked about is that she recounted how vulnerable she felt about doing a talk on vulnerability and that she wanted to get it off YouTube. And she was horrified to hear that it had 4 million viewings yeah. or something. When she, she recounts that she she's at Costco or something like Target or something and somebody goes, hey, vulnerability Ted. And it's a very cute story about somebody saying, you're vulnerability Ted. We're going to call my book group the Vulnerability Babes. Or, you know, Mm. she had some funny story about a fan of hers. Yeah. And she was talking about this as being vulnerable. But to me, that seems like a... It seems like that's the glossy version of vulnerability. You know, like the... Oh, shit, people really liked it. That is... You are being exposed. And the people know what you look like. and yeah. But, you know, this was like a fan running up to her. And she was she was saying that she was regretting, like, the fact that she put on the big projection, like, about her breakdown. And so she told the world yeah. about her breakdown. And it might be maybe my brand of it that 
to me, you, when you tell people about your breakdown, and pretty much everyone in the audience is like so captivated by your story, you know, you're with your people there. And so it is kind of scary. But six million people chose to watch that. So it is vulnerability, but what about the vulnerability of you put that on there and they gasp and no one looks at you and nobody wants to watch it and you're just alone realizing you exposed it and no one gave a shit. Isn't that a darker... Isn't that even more vulnerability? Or is that just what I worry about? So you exposed it, so they watched the video, but then they didn't care about it. Yeah, yeah. To me, what seems even more vulnerable than getting six million views is to get six views. And, you know, maybe maybe that's not quite true, because you're exposed to more people with six million views. Yeah. So you're going to get more people shit-talking you. Right. You know, criticizing you in the comments or something. Well, that's something that she mentioned, that she yeah. had to stop reading the comments. Yeah. Because even people would say, well, I can see why she writes about shame because she's so fat. Or, you know, oh, well, if I yeah. were at her weight, I would yeah, so that, write that's, about shame too. Or, that's crazy-making. But the other vulnerability is that you spill your guts and nobody even stops to look. And I kind of, maybe I'm more obsessed with that because that's the vulnerability I'm more familiar with. Like, I said all the stuff, I tried to say it as best as I could, and nobody gave a shit. So I think I keep getting tripped up in one place that there's two separate things in my mind that I keep going back and forth thinking you're talking about. One is that something got put out there and no one even looked at it. Like, three people read it. But aside from that, it didn't even go into people's eyeballs. The other one is that people read it, but then they didn't care about it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good clarification. So I guess what I mean is some people look at it, but it doesn't impact anybody. And so it doesn't end up going viral. You know, so it's like just enough to know that some people are looking at it, but small enough to know that they went, huh. Not so interesting. So I guess six is too small a number, because that means basically nobody even saw it. Yeah. I mean, enough to know that people looked and just kept on moving, rather than what happened with her video, which is they watched it and told all their friends, you've got to see this. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're, you are pointing out a good distinction. Yeah. And I think maybe partly what I'm thinking about now is, you know, I... Even though the book I wrote was about a character filled with vulnerabilities and shame underlying some of that, the thing I'm obsessed with right now is that feeling of trying to put things out in the world and them not and it not affecting people seems to me what can leave you crying in the middle of the night and feeling lonely and out of touch and in a dark place where uh, no one's reaching out to you. Because you're trying to connect with people and it's not working. Failing to, yeah. yeah. I guess here, here's the thing that I feel I, I should read Brene Brown's books, I think, to understand a deeper, you know, beyond the TED Talk or the one-hour interview kind of conversation with her. 
Seems like there are a lot of layers. Vulnerability is like an onion. Hmm. It's like a parfait. It's like a onion parfait, I think is how people describe it. It's easy to, if you look at the definition of it, talking about being susceptible to harm, you know, at the simplest level. Yeah. So there's different levels of harm. Like, you know, one is people insulting you or criticizing you. But there's another kind of harm where people are apathetic about who you are. And that's the kind that I'm obsessed with is, to me, that's what's torturous. And I I, I hadn't seen her talk about that. So that might be my baggage. Because for me, the idea of going up on a stage and saying, I had a breakdown... I think that should be uncomfortable for a lot of people. Yeah. For me, it just sounds kind of fun. (laughs) And I think that's where I I think I'm not wired the way most people are. I mean, just like she has something really interesting about vulnerability, about women dealing with it is like their pressure is that they need to make everything look effortless and like that they got to do things perfectly. Men don't want to be perceived as being weak. Yeah. And I I see that trend, I believe that trend is true. It holds true for the genders in broad strokes. Right. But, you know, I I guess I've never been a guy in that way. Like, I don't fit the male stereotype, so I don't get that not be perceived as weak. Because for me, it's almost like a strength to show my weakness. And I don't think most people are like that, so maybe I'm like a different... Although I think that there are places for you that you're comfortable to... I think that you are unusually comfortable for a man or maybe even just for a person saying areas in which you know you don't shine. You know, what your weaknesses are, how you can be hurt. But I also think that it's very important to you to be valued and to have something seen as your strengths. That because you know you're a badass in some areas, that there's a balance. I'm uncomfortable between. with that. But yeah, let's keep finished. Sorry, sorry. Well, because because you're you're a badass in some areas and you know it, then you can allow yourself to be perceived in as weak in some other areas. Then it's okay with you. But if all across the board, like if if it was if you truly felt that you were a pathetic specimen in every avenue of your life, that that would be intolerable. I think it's because you know you have some real strengths that then it's okay for you to allow your vulnerabilities to show however they're perceived. Yeah, there, there is a trick to it. Like, it's a sleight of hand, I think, what I do with the vulnerability because I, I like to express my weakness. Like, I suck at this, I'm, in, I'm bad at this, I apologize all the time. But I want to be really good at conveying how I'm weak. Mm-hmm. So if people don't think that's effective, then that really hurts. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little bit of a trick. And so, yeah, and so that would destroy... And that's the part where I start to feel... I mean, where I start to tap into a kind of shame that becomes a little bit dangerous where I need to seek help is when when I feel like all that I'm up to is failing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's something something there. 
One thing she she has a take on that guilt. Guilt is more like I made a mistake, mm-hmm. and shame is I am a mistake. Right. Guilt is about it's a specific something you did, where shame is about something you are. Yeah. Then that helped me think of, uh, think process it because I, that's where I get like that level of shame is like you're you are in a pit alone. Yeah. With this feeling of who you are, and yeah, that is nasty stuff to to get out yeah. of. Get out of. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but that can underlie some of this. I mean, that relates to vulnerability, and so you know, her second talk was more about shame. Yeah. Okay. So well, here's one thing I think is interesting about you, and I think it's something that happened as you were writing the dressay. It reminds me a little bit of of some thoughts that I had earlier in my life about Flannery O'Connor. Wow. I, I didn't expect that segue. So bear with me for a minute. Flannery O'Connor has some stories where she writes, like there's one where she writes about this um, girl who has one leg. Do you know this story? Oh, yeah. The uh, g- good, good, good country people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a hell of a story. And, um, and she goes up in like a hayloft or something maybe with this yeah. traveling salesman who's like charming and she she thinks he really likes her and then he just ends up stealing her wooden leg right and it's such a yeah. violation and she can't get down and one of the things that I was thinking about when I wow was reading, I can't wait for this segue <laughs> was reading her stories was that um she found a new way and I don't even think people were as as dulled to violence as they are now, but she found a new way for someone to be raped. Like that girl got raped when her wooden leg, he just like puts it in his little traveling man briefcase and or suitcase and like leaves her up there. She got violated in a way that I felt like made the reader feel her violation in a way that even if you were numb to a certain yeah. kind of s- story like that, this, I don't know what the term is, unnumbed you. I mean, yeah. it was so jarring. Like a fresh kind of insult. Yeah, or, yeah that um, was just vicious to yeah. read, I remember. Yeah, it really so hits you, yeah. And here's this place that she's vulnerable, and she's like, kind of maybe has, like, he wants to see it, and he wants to see her unbuckle it or something, and so... I think she maybe that's even part of it that she feels this little like braveness on her part, or and then he just totally hurts her right in that place. Yeah. So you, as a writer, and as a human being, and as a maker of short videos, oh. <laughs> as a person, I believe the term is podcast tour. Podcast tour. You have been comfortable with your own level of shame and self-apologeticness and um, self-deprecatingness. One of my theories about that dress and I think you've done a lot of work on it that changed it, is that then you, you have to move beyond that for you. Like you have to find something that's like a fresh, a fresh way that you feel vulnerable. Because I've already been using this other vulnerability. I'm like, it, it became a shtick rather than the heartfelt 
aspect where it started. Yeah. Of being exposing my vulnerability. Yeah. And this is where we get into the new frontiers of vulnerability where I have not found necessarily that sound for that next part of my life. Yeah. How to be how to understand and walk through that next level of vulnerability. But I thought you did a nice job on the dress say that there shit. after the the 30th draft of it. But but isn't that in a way isn't that one of the things that that makes us want to read or I don't even know if it's present in film so much but that you hear someone say something in a new way or just I mean I think this is one of the huge positive aspects of vulnerability and it doesn't be have to be in a published work it could be in a conversation but someone says something to you that costs them something to reveal or to say that hurts them you know it's a little bit of a confession on their part and that you feel closer to them because you see they 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 let you in They've a little bit they let down their yeah. armor well no but what i i yeah that i agree with that but can you tell me more about like it costs them something because for me to reveal something like that is a relief so but it's both a relief and a cost is that i mean like what what is the cost well the vulnerability has a couple of meanings there's a word like like his armor has a vulnerability meaning there was a hole in it right under the breastplate or something right that your achilles that Achilles tendon was his vulnerability. Who, how ironic that Achilles <laughs> would have had an a, Achilles tendon. <laughs> sorry. But the feeling of being vulnerable, the feeling that you just made that hole in your own armor. Yeah. It's not even always necessarily that the other person's going to do anything with it. It's more that you just made a hole or, you know, you just, that yeah. someone can see you or yeah well and what is the fear like what so they so they see you so what like what what is the risk exactly they'll look down on you is that what it is well they'll, maybe they'll, they'll judge they'll you. judge you yeah that's scary yeah so let's say what if you what if what if someone said like i, I sometimes feel like i'm not such a good parent to my children and you know you they said a little bit about, you know, the ways in which they were concerned about themselves. Maybe they yell at their kids when they're tired at the end of the day or um, something, you know, that's not going to have, they're not going to call the Department of Human Services on you. And then that person, instead of, like, the what what is a relief is where the other person says, oh, boy, I've been in that position. Yeah, right. That's- that is... I hate myself afterwards. I never feel more terrible about myself than when I do that. Or, But the fear is, and what happens in some circumstances, is that person just says, like, oh, maybe you need parenting classes. Yeah. Or, like, what are you going to do? You really don't know what the hell you're doing. Oh, you're a monster. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this, I think you perfectly characterized the, the part of the Brene Brown talk that I'd like to hear more of, but it wasn't apparent in the TED Talks. Is she hit on something which is that I totally agree with, which is vulnerability is the center 
of meaningful human experience, and that courage is born from vulnerability. Yeah, screw, um, screw that. Yeah, but but that is good. Like like because the the ideal is like you you expose your vulnerability, and you have a meaningful moment. Yeah, and something amazing happens out of it. And I totally buy that path. But what I don't, but I want to hear more of, is like let's say you expose yourself and it inflicts a wound. Like like the person actually does say, you know what? I think you're pretty fucked up, and I'm uncomfortable hanging out with you any longer, and I don't want you to work here anymore. And I, you know, that's. Did you? You didn't lose your job today? Not yet. Okay. Um. But, but I did have some really good sweet vermouth. <laughs> at 4 p.m. Huh. Yeah, so I'm not saying that. I don't know why. It's like I kind of want to like, like play out what that worst-case scenario could be because it could go that way. But the upside is almost all meaningful moments in life are born from exposing your vulnerability, like being vulnerable. So I both buy that part, but I also want to spend some time talking about the ways it could go just as you feared. Like, this thing went just as terrible as I thought it might go. <laughs> Maybe I'm just bathing right now in this feeling of things aren't going easy for me in the creative life. Yeah. Like, it t- everything has been taking a ton of work and not getting a lot of attention. And I'm kind of trying to process that. What's interesting, though, I feel like, is what you're talking about in your creative pursuits is that... You know, on the one hand, we're saying, or you're saying, that vulnerability is, like, what creates this meaningful connection between people, right? Did you say that or something like that? Yeah. And then, you know, when I picture it, when I think about that, I think about two people talking. Like, and that one person says something to their friend or their partner or whatever, and the other person, that there's a connection between the two of you. But what you're what is on your mind more is like your connection to people out there and whether or not other, whether or not, I mean, I think this is one of the things that drives you as a creative person in all your mediums is the desire to have people care about what you're saying. Yeah. And, and I do think it's still the desire for human connection. You're you're thinking more of the one-on-one connection and I'm thinking the, one-to-many connection. But it's yeah. still a human connection. Or yeah. But, sort of. But the difference is, is that in that one-on-one connection, I know who I'm listening to or talking to. Right? It's a closed system. And you're... Sending it out into the, the tubes of the internet. Yeah. So you're not even... It's not even clear always who's not listening to it. <laughs> I don't even know that people who aren't giving a shit about it. <laughs> That's right. Or you can see it firsthand, which, which makes it a little more crazy-making as far as more room for projecting and making up stories that aren't based in reality. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it just ends up... Because the people, the reason why people don't look at something, I mean, there's so many things to look at that it could be just coincidental that someone doesn't look at something. No, it's because they hate it. (laughs) That's the only possible explanation. 
you know, like we recently, by we, I mean you, recently published a podcast about our experience at a vagina tour. And then you told me that as soon as you published that, 10 people unsubscribed from your <laughs> email great. list. Yeah. And, you know, there's a solid reaction that just the word vagina made them be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm out of here. I don't, <laughs> He's gone off the deep end. I don't remember who that guy is, <laughs> I, you know. I thought he was talking about iPad apps, and all right. of a sudden he got the word vagina in Relational, there. but you lost your gay male population. As, let's see, you lost. Yeah, and my heterosexual population that doesn't like to talk about vaginas. Yeah, yeah. luckily they're not a big crowd. But. but right there, you don't know why those... I mean, it's likely that it's something outside of you that made those people hop off. So it might have been not just the, the word vagina in the title, but that I had the word tour in the title. <laughs> well, that yeah, that put them off. It could have I those hate two tours. Words. Yeah. Yeah. For the people who hate touring. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's true. And you have to make up reasons. Whereas when you have that connection with somebody, I mean, you still don't fully know. It could be they just didn't sleep well that night. But. You you have a better sense of it because you're you're with them. Yeah. Why do you think it's so important to you to put out something that will be received by a number of people and to have them hear it and care? I think this goes to my deepest sense of myself and my sense of my brokenness is that my level of shame, even with all the work I've done over the years to become a, a, a somewhat functional person, that level of shame runs so deeply that I am not okay as a person unless people say, that thing you did really affected me. Hmm. And like to me, that's, you know, you'll, you'll have to use the right attachment terms, but it's the fact that I'm not securely attached still. Hmm. And... I don't feel like I'm okay or worthy uh, as a human unless people say that thing you did affected me. And that and when they say that the 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 broke the, the the thing that makes it so deeply broken is even when they say that my next reaction is oh that thing I wrote or did or published yesterday was okay. But the thing I'm doing now isn't good enough. Yeah. So I need to keep working on that. But I hate myself while I'm trying. So, I mean, it, I think it's a completely messed up cycle. Like, yeah. I think my my image is like I, I get the ultimate level of counseling and I feel okay as a human. Uh-huh. And I'm done with this shit. You know, I'm shutting off the podcast, mm. stop the video, stop writing. Because that's it. I'm done looking for being looking for acceptance outwardly. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. What if you're just a shame exhibitionist? Yeah. Shit, you just named my new podcast. <laughs> shame exhibition. That's good. Nice. Fuck. Nice. Damn. I can't afford to change it again. <laughs> Can we get the word vagina in there just no, to we're not. lose more followers? We're not. I think we warmed up to each other too no. a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're still not like actually touching in any no. kind of way, but I think we're we were maybe just worn out and defensive at the beginning. I mean, or I was impatient. And you were 
react to it. You were really mean, and I was was just here being agreeable as always. No, you you were being being back. No, I was here. I was like being like the helpful Donna (laughs) Reed kind of homemaker type, just ever, ever pleasant with ringlets. I don't know. That's the I name of my next. Ringlet that's, is. that's the name of my next next podcast is ever pleasant with ringlets. Oh, what's a ringlet? It's like, oh. like a curl in your hair. Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. First, first, start out by picturing having hair. Okay, I'm with you. All right, then it's long. Okay. And then curling. I don't get it. Yeah, it's uh. it's a stretch. So here it is, a few days after this conversation with my wife. Also, a few days after I published that dress and I've been going through something pretty messy. I've been the the essay's gotten really fabulous feedback from friends, from people I don't know. I've gotten lots and lots of comments, and uh, it's a subject that is important to me. I feel like it's an important conversation to have, but I'm kind of walking around half the day feeling like I'm about to cry and half the day feeling like I'm going to vomit. What is that? I think maybe it's this fear that I revealed this stuff about me and my kid and my parenting. scares the shit out of me. just seems... I I don't know if it's right that I did that. You know, I also second-guess, could the essay have been better? How 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 are people going to judge me? What might the extended family think of it? I don't know what it is. This actually is starting to sound a little more like the Brene Brown vulnerability stuff that I was making fun of in the conversation about something getting attention and being even more horrified about its attention because now more eyes are on you. I mean, my level of attention is minuscule compared to what she experienced, but it's still this sudden feeling of, oh crap, people are looking this way. All I know is that I kind of feel sick. I considered deleting it. I mean, that's the cool thing about the way I published it through medium.com, is I could delete it if I wanted to, and I toyed with doing that, but I, I didn't. I had to stay clear of Facebook. I even sent a note to my friends who who commented on it or, or shared it. I didn't post it on Facebook, but they did, and so I sent them a note thanking them through private message. I felt too uncomfortable to post public comments. I don't know. I, I think I'm not smart enough to understand why I'm going through this messy emotion. It's kind of uncomfortable and scary. Well, thanks for doing this crazy shit. Yeah. You don't mind if when you go to the bathroom next, I put some microphones in there, see what you really say about me and my vulnerability. Do you think I just go into the bathroom and mutter? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's, It's fascinating because I'm vulnerable, insecure, full of shame, but a complete narcissist. So I'm constantly feeling like everyone around me is talking about my vulnerability behind my back. And are you secretly glad they are? I'm no, because I'm, well, you're putting it out there. No, I'm horrified. So you want by it to it. be noticed? 
I, I yeah, and then I'm horrified about it. Huh. So it's a, it's a weird vulnerability narcissism spiral. <laughs> what's the horror part? Well, because that they'll judge you like this. Yeah, is, I right. Mean, yeah, right. Like I, I'm putting things out there, hoping that they're going to constantly be talking about my greatness. But I'm completely consumed by the idea that they're constantly talking about my weakness oh. and my failures. And it's tricky because part of your avenue to greatness is exposing your weaknesses, how you feel about your weaknesses, perceived weaknesses, and perceived failures. Yeah, it's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's messy business. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let's get Bern- Brene Brown on this shit. All right, let's get her on the speaker. Her next him. book will be UV and his shame and vulnerabilities. That's right. Uh huh. It's going to be no. like like her most consuming case study. Nice. Now you want to shift over now and talk about your vulnerability. Oh, what are you feeling no. insecure about? Nothing. Because to feel this vulnerable means I'm alive. And the last, which I think is probably the most important, is to believe that we're enough. Because when we work from a place, I believe, that says, I'm enough, then we stop screaming and start listening. We're kinder and gentler to the people around us, and we're kinder and gentler to ourselves. That's all I have.